0: Got Today is Pentecost Sunday, okay, which may or may not mean anything to some people, um, but it is the day when the Holy Spirit fell on the, on the, on the disciples in, in the house, and I remember as my confirmation classes in school, we used to have these pictures of the little tongues of fire coming down on their heads and all that stuff, and I don't know what it looked like at the time, but I do know when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, he creates a fire inside you, and he sets you in motion to do things and attempt things and talk to people and be things that you would have never done or been or had if you hadn't got that that gift of that holy spirit living inside of us and that's available for every single one of us and it's 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 not my topic for today but what i do want to say is that it fits in with it because the topic i have for today and for the next couple of weeks is called did god really say and it's taken from the book of Genesis. And I want to read um, a couple of verses over. And the way we're going to do this for the next couple of weeks is I'm going to talk for, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes. But I want to leave a bit of space at the end for questions and answers. We don't normally do that on a Sunday. Um, but we're going to take a chance. I'm, you're going to have questions, possibly. Hopefully, otherwise we're all going to be sitting here looking at each other for 10 minutes. Okay, with nothing to do. Then we just go and have an early coffee. Or you may have questions, and I may have answers, but then again, I may not. Yeah. Um, If I don't, I'll tell you I don't. I won't make it up on the the spot, and I'll go and find out, and I'll try and come back and give you the answer if there is an answer to be had for your question. But there are many questions to do with how God operates and what he does that we're never going to have an answer for this side of heaven. And that's just the way life is. There are things that are deep and they're secret and they belong to God. And we're not supposed to know about them. And then there is other stuff that he wants us to know about. But one of the things that people get caught out with, including me and and many people that I know, is these words, did God really say? And I want you to um, go with me to, if you have a Bible, you can go with me to to the book of Genesis, it's chapter three. And I just want to read a few lines from it. And this is kind of where we get it from. Um, At this stage, we're in chapter 3, God has made Adam and Eve. He has made all the boards and all the da 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 and they're in the Garden of Eden. We were in a place last week which I would say, I'm not going to be spoofing you and tell you, I had all these holy moments on this holiday. I didn't. I was too busy sun-worshipping and enjoying myself. But I did have moments with God as I was walking around. And one moment that struck me, it was probably the most beautiful place on the planet I have ever been natural beauty was just astounding and the one thought that went through in my head was what must the garden of eden look like it was perfect and this place isn't perfect for i had it was honest to god it was the most beautiful place i ever seen and and the only way i said this to a few people, the only way i could spoil the picture was to get in it there was like you just couldn't take a bad picture in the place everything was stunning I was thinking, what must the Garden of Eden have actually been like? So imagine you're in this absolutely perfect place. And God has said, it's all yours. It's all yours. There's two years here. Go do whatever you want. Eat what you like. Sleep where you like. There's only two years. Sleep with who you like. <laughs> um, not a lot of choice. But anyway, um, but like this whatever is there and is available for you. Except, you see that microphone over there? Don't, don't touch that microphone. Everything else you can do. And then the words come. And this is kind of like where we're at. This, chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say You must not eat from any tree in the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. And you don't touch it either because you'll die. And the serpent said to her, You won't die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave it to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And then the story goes on and, and God turns up and they hide and then they go into the whole blame game. God says, did you eat the tree? Like, why are you hiding? And he said, because we knew we were naked. He said, who told you you were naked? Interesting question. How did they know? Shame entered into the world. Who told you you were naked? I F from the tree. And where did you get that? She gave it to me. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> and then she goes, well, it was the snake gave it to me. He hadn't got a leg to stand on, so he screwed. So it's like we switch immediately from living in this paradise where absolutely everything is available except one thing. And there's no shame, and there's no grief, and there's no hassle, and there's no pain. And we move into this taking a bite out of an apple that then creates this world of pain. And you may go, what has that got to do with me? I don't live in the Garden of Eden. I don't live this, I don't have that, I don't have the other. I want to say each and every one of us in our own way have the potential to live within the Garden of Eden right now, in our lives. We have so much. Even even materially in the country that we live in, we have so much. If you are the poorest of the poor in Ireland, you are still top. We're in the top 10%. Of, of poverty or prosperity were in the woods. If you were the poorest of the poor here, if you're homeless living on the street here, you have a better chance than people being born in Africa. We have so much, and I'm not trying to dismiss or minimize the pain people are in here. I, I am really honest, But I'm saying there's somewhere in all of this where if Adam and Eve had a just... The lady I was talking to yesterday um, said to me, Someone had, she had heard someone doing the teaching, and she said the first sin wasn't that they ate the apple, was that they weren't grateful for what they had. That they focused on this one little thing that they didn't have. And and I don't know about you, but I have got caught in this loads of times. I've got caught with this whole idea of oh, I don't have that one thing, and it's like, sorry, this caught me. Um, if we if we can get ourselves into a place where look, I have, I have this, I have that, I have the other, I have whatever. You have your health. Maybe you're not as well as you'd like to be, but you're a lot weller than some people who are in hospital right now. Is that fair enough? Maybe you're not as financially comfortable as you'd like to be, but you're here. You have clothes on your back. None of you is look hungry. We're fed. To the best of my knowledge, all of us have a bed to sleep in. What happens when we get focused on the one thing we don't have is that the devil starts playing a, a tape in your head. Going, Did God really say he loves you? Did God really say he'd provide for you? Did God really say that you're his child, you're his daughter, you're his son? Did God really say that you're a special human being? that's been empowered by the Holy Spirit to go and make a difference in this world? Did God really say? Because the other voice will then go, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? They said that about Jesus. Isn't he Joseph's son? Joseph is only a carpenter from a back end of nowhere. And this guy thinks He's God. We used to kind of have that said to us when we were kids. You think, yeah, oh God, it wasn't a compliment. It wasn't meant. It was meant to support down. It was meant to put you in your place. What I want to ask you to think about, and, and honest God, this is going to be really short. What I want you to ask you to think about is, what has God actually said to you? And then where in your head are you getting these questions? Did God really say that? Because you see, what I'm sitting looking at as a group of people who are called by God, who have been paid for by God, who have been rescued out of the darkness by God, who are sitting here in a place where you have an opportunity to move into something with God every single day. Some kind of an adventure, some kind of a a, a blessing for someone else in this world, some kind of happiness, happiness in your own life, in your own family. But I see so many of us getting robbed because we hear the words, did God really say he likes you? Are you sure that wasn't that person sitting beside you he was talking about? The reality of it is that every single one of us are loved unconditionally by God. Adam and Eve were loved unconditionally, but because the devil placed a thought in their head, did God really say you can't eat anything? And she said, no, he only said I can't eat this one thing. Any, anybody who's a parent, have you ever told your kids you can't do that? You can do all of that stuff, but you can't. Do you ever walk into Stephen's Green? You see the little sign, don't walk in the grass. What do you want to do? Walk in the grass. Don't you? True, Scott. God. We were in a, a, a botanical gardens the other day, over in, not here, when we were away. And the one thing I said to Amos, there's no sign saying don't walk in the grass. I was looking for them. And I was walking on the grass and I was thinking it's not as much fun because there's no sign. But there was no sign. But when we see something like that, you have the whole of Stephen's Green in front of you. You can do a ton of things. But there's this thing inside of us that if someone says we can't, it's like you're missing out on something. Okay, And what happened there was they got a seed planted into their head that said that they were missing out on something. There was something better than what God had already given them. And the reality of it is God gives us the best that we need at the moment in life that we're at. I can tell you now, I do not have what I want. There's plenty of things I want, and I don't have them. Anybody wants to donate a Mercedes, a few other bits and pieces, i will be willing to take them. I want them, but I don't need them. There's loads of things in my life that I want, but God knows what I need. God knew what Adam and Eve needed. He gave them a garden. They needed a garden. They also needed the possibility of making choices because otherwise they wouldn't be free. You need the possibility of making choices. If you don't have that possibility to make choice, then you don't have freedom. And Jesus said he came to give us real freedom. Real freedom involves choice. It involves me deciding that I can stay faithful in my marriage or I can run off with somebody. It involves me deciding whether I can be honest with my income and my taxes and all of that stuff or I can fiddle everything. It involves me deciding whether I can be honest with whoever, the doctor, the bank, the whatever, or I, or I can tell porkies all over the place. Freedom gives has to have choice involved in it. They needed choice to be really free but they also needed gratitude to make the right choice. Instead of having that little voice in the back of their head going, you're missing out. I can tell you every time I mess up, and that's not the most impossible thing to do, I do it quite regularly, but every time that happens, it happens because in my head somewhere I hear a voice that says, you're missing out. You're missing out, Brian, because you don't drink anymore. You're missing out because you don't go partying. You're missing out because you don't do this. You're missing out because you don't do that. You're missing out because you're not watching Dallas on the telly, whatever. You're missing out because of this. And the reality of it is, I'm not missing out on anything that's good for me. I'm not missing out on anything that's building me up. I'm not missing out on an adventure in life. But I have a choice all the time, just like they did. We can have, it's like if you're in this room, and, and I say to you, look, at you, you can do anything you want in this room. You can go down there and play with any of them machines. You can get up there and bang the drums, do whatever you like. Just don't touch that microphone. I guarantee you, most people want to touch the microphone. All right? But the reason I'm telling you not to touch the microphone is because there's a live word and it. it's going an to electrocute you. You don't know that. Our kids don't know when we tell them not to touch the hot stove, that's not because we want to spoil their fun, it's because we don't want them burning the fingers out themselves. God told them not to eat from that tree because He knew we made the choice, that they were making a choice to go against what He had best for them. I don't think there was any magic power in the apple that they ate that made them suddenly see they were naked. I think the magic in what made them see they were naked was that they did what they weren't supposed to do. And they went against what was the best for them so my question to you before we move into the questions and answers which there may not be and that's fair enough if there isn't um, is where are you hearing something in your head telling you what you have isn't enough what you already have from God isn't enough and that he's going to let you down as he's promised he'll never let us down he's promised he'll never leave us and that could be in your family life. It could be in your, your, um, your physical health. It could be in your romantic life. It could be in your financial life. It could be in your work life. It could be in any area of your life where you have this thing going around in your head saying, God's going to let you down. He's not going to come through here. He's not going to come through here. One last point around that is he may not come through the way you would like him to come through. He often doesn't come through the way I want the picture to turn out, but actually when I get a bit of hindsight later on and I look back, it's always been the better way for it to turn out, but it wasn't the way I would have planned for it to turn out. So then I think he's not coming through. He's not like, you know, he's not like them three apples you put the vitamins in, pull the handle, and they get the three apples up. Sometimes he gives us oranges instead, but they're better for us. You have to figure out how this, sorry, let me just say this and then I'll stop. The foundational piece for this next couple of weeks, which I know doesn't sound very exciting, but go with me for a minute, is learning to trust that what God says is best for us. And not questioning and not listening to the lawyers that will be planted in our heads saying, did God really say? So when God says he loves you, he has a plan for your life, he has the best for you, it may not be what we think is the best for it's the actual best then it's learning to trust to that plan. If we just stay with him, we'll come to pass. Does that make sense? Yeah? So, we have about seven or eight minutes. Never done this before, so we're, we're going to try something new. I haven't never a slide that says Q&A, which Tony will put up now. When he gets there, there you go. So, are we going for early coffee or do you have questions? go, Sergei. Okay. Are you asking me that personally or for everybody? No, just, uh, for everybody. Okay. Okay. We'll skip that because I don't know how you answered that question. No one is joking. Um, so, just just for the benefit of the tape, say so must know, how do you understand when God speaks to you? Is that uh, from the Bible or from other ways? The best, the best, the best for you. Thank you. How do you know what the best for you is? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, part of the answer for that is in relationship with god all right and understanding his character and his heart towards us and understanding understand um lots of times the best for us won't be the most convenient sometimes it will but lots of times it won't it won't be the easiest a lot of times sometimes it will um I think if, if God is telling me something in my life that I need to do or I need to step out into, okay, it's never gonna go against His character. It's never gonna go, it's never gonna be immoral, illegal or anything like that, okay? And it's gonna have a long-term view. And one of the things I think as a human being I need to step back away from is a short-term view. And as an Irish person living in the 21st century, we have a microwave view of life. We have a view that everything needs to work and it needs to work now. We walk through a shopping center, we see something, pick it up, it's in the microwave, it says 90 seconds. We go, that's too long. There has to be something that's only 60 seconds. Do you know what I mean? We're, and we're a bit like that with life. So I think how I know what's the best for my life is that I, I take the time to try and explore with God what it is he wants for my life. I read what he says In, in the scriptures. And I think it's really important. And if you don't have a Bible, you need to get one. And if you're not reading it, you need to talk to us so that we can even show you how to read it. um, And how to get stuff for your own life out of it. Um, I am fully convinced that most people know what's the best for their life. But it may not be the most comfortable or the convenient. So the shortcut. And the one thing I do know about God is there is no shortcuts. There just isn't. He does, you know what I mean? If you go to a doctor for a medical procedure, um, you don't want them taking shortcuts. Really. Do you know what I mean? Like if he's going to open me and stick things up in me, I I don't want them taking shortcuts. I want them to do it right. And I want them to close it all up right at the end. And you know what I mean? Like put the stitches where they're supposed to be. Don't go, oh, it's coffee time. It'll be grand. But we do that to ourselves spiritually. And emotionally and physically and financially, we try and take shortcuts all the time. And most of them only end up in a, in a shortcut, in a train wreck. We end up in a cul-de-sac somewhere where we have to turn around and go back again and start over. I don't know if that even answers your question, sorry. Yeah. But you have to, that is deeply rooted in your relationship with God and understanding his love towards you and that he wants the best for you. Thanks. Any others? this is really weird. We don't do this. No. It was either clear as mud or you just don't. No? You're all cool? Okay. Interesting. Huh? What's it? Okay. So here's the bit, I suppose. We're going to go over over the next couple of weeks and just going to look into a few different things that God says about us and then things, I think, that we hear people around us saying about us, the world saying about us, the enemy saying about us. Um, And how can we discern the difference between what God says and what they say? And how can we live out of what God is saying rather than living out of that question did God really say? because I have a firm belief every single one of us are called to be more than we are right now, to be able to enjoy God more than we can right now, to be able to be used by God more than we are right now, and to be able to make a bigger difference in our own lives and in the lives of those that we love and those that we don't even know than we are right now. So um, anyways, let's pray for a minute and we close up for the day. Father, I thank you that you have written in your word all that we need to know I thank you that there is your way which is the best way and then there is a multitude of other ways Lord that you give us choices and let us experiment with them Lord you let us you let us go and look and try and and do all these things but Lord I know that there is only one way in the end that works and only one way that leads to life and that's through you So I want to pray for for us all in this room today that whatever we may be facing, whatever questions may be going on in our heads or in our lives, whatever family things may be going on or work things or money things or, or health things, whatever they may be, Lord, that we would look for your way in it, Lord, that we would see the garden that we live in right now. That we would see the many blessings that are there and not get sidetracked with the one or two things that we don't have. That maybe we want, but maybe you know wouldn't be good for us right now. Lord, I pray that we would leave today that we would have inside each and every one of us a sense of gratitude for the life that we've got. A sense of the blessings that are already in our lives. A sense of the sense of the joy that's available to us and of the future that is available to us and the present freedom that is available to us. And I pray for everyone, for everyone here that, that as they go from here today, that when they meet, whoever they're going to meet, whether it's family, friends, or on their own or whatever, but that your presence would go with them. That the sense of you being with them and holding them and encouraging them and hugging them and, and strengthening them would be real for them. That they would know that they have your Holy Spirit available to them. Every single minute of every single day. And that you will guide them into all truth. And you will guide them along your path if we will but listen. So Father, I bless Your people. I pray that you are faced with child in them. That you'd give them peace. That you'd strengthen them. They bring healing to their bodies and their lives if they need it, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. There's um, prayer available here on the phone if you'd like prayer.